SRN Survival Radio Network. Missed any of them, 
don't worry. Just go to www.weeklyrollershow.com. You're going to see a, a number of shows. Scroll down. You're going to see a number of shows that are on the Survival Radio Network. Scroll down to the orange and green logo and pick the topic that you'd like to listen to. And you can download this at any time at no charge. I also want you to go subscribe. Click and subscribe and go to iTunes. That way the show comes to you automatically. As I mentioned the other week, we also have a new platform called the Weekly Wellness Channel on YouTube. This is going to be loaded with a lot of good tips uh, with regard to health and wellness. So go to our Weekly Wellness Channel on YouTube. And as always, uh, you can go to my website, DrAaronWilliams.com. Just go to www. Well, did I say W too many times? www. Yeah, I think I did it right. DrAaronWilliams.com, and you can check out the information that is there. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at DrAaronWilliams, and I ask you all of you to please participate and join our Weekly Wellness Show Facebook page on Facebook, and you can follow me on Instagram. So we're everywhere, everywhere in order to bring you health and wellness information. Now today, we have another exciting show that's informative. We're going to be talking about some great topics today. Coach Bruce is going to be back on the show to talk to us about fitness. And then in the latter part of the show, I'm going to be bringing you the latest in health and wellness news. We're going to go over some very important things, particularly January as you know, well, you might not know, we've already discussed that January is Cervical Cancer Month, Cervical Cancer Awareness Month, but it is also Thyroid Awareness Month. So we're going to be talking about that in the latter uh, part of the show. So I think this is all going to be uh, something that you, you will be interested in. Uh, we encourage you to participate. So uh, before that, we'll, before we get started, we'll go to our first commercial break. So, hey, ladies and gentlemen, please stay tuned. Don't touch that phone. Don't touch that computer. Stay tuned. And so you can be informed. Looking for a cafe with a home-like appeal where all who enter feel like they are part of something? Visit My Coffee Shop, located in East Lake, Atlanta, Georgia. MCS has a full breakfast and lunch menu, offering both hot and cold options, and is home of the amazing basil lemonade. But don't forget their assortment of freshly brewed coffees. Come on by at 2462 Memorial Drive, Atlanta, Georgia, 30317. We're pretty sure my coffee shop at East Lake will become your coffee shop too. iDope, iDope, globally inspired vision stylewear, a fusion of classic heritage and contemporary sophistication. An essential part of your lifestyle and fashion expression. iDope, iDope, vision stylewear for the fashion forward and socially conscious. Let's make this a dope world together. iDope, iDope, available online at iDope.com. That's E-Y-E-D-O-P-E, iDope.com. Survival Radio Network, with now more than one million downloads. Congratulations to the staff, producers, engineers, and hosts for your tireless pursuit of excellence. And thank you, our loyal listeners, for supporting this movement to inspire, motivate, and educate people worldwide. Survival Radio Network, Survival Radio Christian Network, and our new Survival Sports Radio Network broadcast top-notch shows Sunday through Saturday. Check us out by visiting our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us. SRN, we do radio one million strong. The S-R-N. Welcome back. I hope that you are, wherever you are, I hope you're warm. Uh, we probably need to have a whole other 
show with regarding to hypothermia and staying warm and doing things in the wintertime uh, because I know that even though the weather may be not the best, we still have to go about our lives. But I hope wherever you are, number one, that you're warm, number two, that you are safe. You're listening to the Weekly Wellness Show, your resource for better health here on the Survival Radio Network with over 1 million, that's million with the M, downloads. I am your host, Dr. Aaron Williams. In our first segment of the show, we're going to be talking about fitness. And, uh, you know, this is a, a big deal because, you know, every year we start out with our fitness plans. And a lot of times we need some coaching. I know I do, uh, because not everybody knows everything about a certain topic. So sometimes you have to reach out to the people that do it every day. One search person is someone that is uh, very uh, adamant about this, very adamant about health and wellness because he does this every day. Thankfully, he is not a stranger to the show. So, Without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show the owner of Orange Theory Fitness in Barbersville, West Virginia, Coach Bruce Hinkson. Okay, well, from what I understand, he's not made it in yet, so we'll continue until he comes in. So let's uh, continue. You know, today I wanted to talk. Uh, about uh, uh, Thyroid Awareness Month because that's a big uh, uh, deal with regard to January. Uh, For those of you who don't know, the thyroid is a gland that's located in the front of your neck. It's kind of under your voice box, but its function is to help with the body with regard to metabolism, and it regulates the production and the consumption of energy. So you probably heard when thyroid function is accelerated, this is called hyperthyroidism. And when it's slowed down, it is called hypothyroidism. So with the imbalances that occur, you know, a lot of them we don't know the reasons for them, but a lot of times it's environmental. It could be autoimmune. It could be genetically involved. And then a lot of times, well, not a lot of times, but it also can, unfortunately, develop into cancer. Now, thyroid disease affects about 200 million people in the world. And, unfortunately, thyroid cancer is on the rise with nearly 57,000 new cases diagnosed in 2017, according to the American Cancer uh, Association. Now, three out of the four cancer diagnoses are made in women. Yeah, this data, again, states that 12% of the U.S. population will have some type of thyroid condition in their lifetime. About 20 million Americans have some form of thyroid disease, and up to 60% don't even know it. Yeah, I said 60, 60, don't even know it. Therefore, they go underdiagnosed as well as untreated. So back to women, five times more likely than men to have thyroid issues. So one in eight women will develop a thyroid disorder, and particularly those people with family histories of thyroid disease or thyroid cancer, or if you work around a lot of high dose of radiation, are all increased risk factors that can become a problem. So with that, it's important that we become aware of this so we can cause some type of preventive mechanism to prevent these kind of things. Now, back to women, thyroid disease and pregnancy is a big deal. Pregnant women should be aware of changes that their thyroid can have because this contributes to the development of a healthy baby. Uh, It's important that expecting women be properly diagnosed and treated. Otherwise, you run the risk of having a higher risk of miscarriage or preterm delivery. And their children may have developmental delays. So you've got to check with your OBGYN and your family doctor if you're pregnant or if you're thinking about getting pregnant 
with regard to this. Now, when it comes to thyroid cancer, a large number of women develop this during their reproductive age. So since thyroid cancer tends to be mediated by hormones, sometimes, and I repeat, sometimes, these tumors can grow faster when patients are pregnant. So there's no special cancer screen, uh, screening recommendations for uh, for pregnant women or uh, for anyone in the population. This is according to the American Thyroid Association. So what do you do? Well, the bottom line is this. You can start with yourself, okay? So the American Thyroid Association recommends that, one, you check yourself at home, do some self-exams. So, for example, use a mirror and focus on the lower middle area of your neck, just right above the collarbone, just below your, what some people call the Adam's apple or your voice box. This is where your thyroid gland is located. So while focusing on this area in the mirror, tip your head back, take a drink of water, and swallow. Now, as you swallow, check out your neck in the mirror. What are you looking for? Well, you're looking for bulges or protrusions in the area when you swallow. Now, don't confuse this with, you know, your, your voice box or your Adam's apple, as some people call it. But that is what you are looking for. Now, if you do see any bulges or protrusions in this area, then you need to see your family doctor because you may have an enlarged – you can also have an enlarged thyroid gland or a thyroid nodule that should be uh, checked to determine whether cancer is present or if there is some type of treatment needed for thyroid disease. Now, what are sort of symptoms? What are some things that we need to look for? And again, we talked about, you know, thyroid disease is divided up into two things. You either got a, well, I'll say three. You have a normal thyroid function or you have an increased thyroid function, which is called hyperthyroidism, or you can have an underactive thyroid, which is called hypo. Now, the symptoms of hyper, meaning that you have an overactive thyroid, is rapid loss weight, weight loss, high blood pressure, anxiety, and insomnia, the inability or the difficulty in, in getting to sleep. Now, with regard to the symptoms of a low thyroid, you can have a weak or a slow heartbeat. Uh, some people have some muscle weakness, uh, constant fatigue, weight gain as opposed to weight loss, depression, slow reflex, reflexes, sensitivity to cold, uh, dry skin excessively, or some type of slow mental status or poor memory. And you can also have constipation on a consistent basis. So these are the two things uh, you want to keep in mind. And when you think you experience this kind of thing, check with your family doctor, particularly, and I repeat, particularly if there is a family history of any type of thyroid disease. And once again, for women, we're going to revisit this in uh, probably September because that is Thyroid Cancer Month. But it's the fifth most common cancer in women. And unfortunately, the number of new cases of thyroid cancer is growing uh, rapidly in both men and women. So we need to be on our guard with regard to this. So once again, what you what do you need to do? Number one, do some self-exams at home and watch for signs and symptoms. So, and don't forget, please don't hesitate to talk to your family doctor about this. Now, Moving on to some hot health topic news. As you know, this is winter time and it's flu season. In 2018, what they've noticed is that the flu season is in full force at a higher pace than what it has been over the past few years. New York and about 26 other states have experienced what they call a high influenza-like activity. So uh, this has caused a lot of concern uh, from the CDC. In fact, New York in and of itself has had an increase of 37% with regard to new cases. Now, as of this year, January 6th, 3, over 3,600 people were hospitalized, not just diagnosed, hospitalized across the state in New York for the flu. 
so with all that being said, I know a lot of people have a lot of issues. Well, not a lot, but some people have a lot of issues with getting a flu vaccination. But that is still, at this point, the best, one of the best ways to protect not only yourself, but protect the people around you. Now, what's the difference with this year? The difference this year is that the flu cycle kicked off earlier than most of the previous years. So with the flu activity spiking nationwide in the last week of December, over 13 children so far in New York alone have already flu-related illnesses, and this is according to uh, the CDC. So the flu historically kills about 36,000 people a year in the United States, and most of them die not necessarily from the viruses uh, itself, but complications from having the virus. So, you know, who's, you know, who's at risk? Most, well, all of us are at risk, but at a higher risk are young children, the elderly, and pregnant women because their symptoms and complications are sometimes a little bit more severe. So the other thing that makes this 2018 uh, uh, that's been different is the fact, and as you all know, well, you might not know, that not all flu viruses are the same. So just like with anything else, these virus continues to manifest itself in different ways. So there's a type of flu virus called H3N2. H is in Harry, 3, N is in Nancy, 2. This strain of flu typically results in an increase in hospitalization, particularly among young children and elderly. So a lot of times with the challenge with the flu vaccine is the manufacturers have to keep an eye on what type of flu virus is being manifested. And we talked about this on previous on the weekly wellness show when we talked uh, some time back with the pharmacist Philip Saunders about the overuse of antibiotics. When you overuse anything, these viruses are smart. They're able to reinvent themselves, so to speak, and that's how it comes about as what you may have heard of as resistance. So that can be a big problem. So every year we have to be mindful of that. So the manufacturers are doing it, but we also have to do our part. So experts still recommend getting the flu vaccine. It's best to get it while it's in October, but it's already January, but it's not too late particularly with the amount of deaths and the amount of infections that we've had. And you need to remember also that most people infected with the flu are contagious and you need to avoid contact uh, with that so that you can keep you and your family safe here in 2018. Now, moving on to another infection that you might have heard about um, a week ago, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said that the total number of infections of E. coli has been a big deal. Uh, there's been an increase. The number of infections has continued to climb, and the number of hospitalizations has increased to climb. And there's also been a death reported. So particularly in areas such as Maryland, New Jersey, California, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, uh, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, they've all reported cases of E. coli uh, infection. So they think, and when I say they, I'm talking about the CDC, they think that this may be related to green leafy vegetables as the culprits. Now, some people dispute this. Some people and some legislators have taken the CDC to task on this because a lot of the information is not conclusive, but that is what the experts in this field are thinking. Now, the good news is that leafy green, green leafy vegetables have a short shelf life. Whatever batch of these green leafy vegetables that cause this E. coli outbreak contamination should be gone by now based on the short shelf life of them. So hopefully we've seen the end of this, but that doesn't mean that we don't need to continue to monitor. Now, so what's the bottom line? How do you monitor it? Well, check out the symptoms. What are the symptoms of E. coli 
infection? Well, the infection usually begins two to eight days after consuming the bacteria. So if you've been in a bad restaurant or if you bought some bad produce, you know, within two to eight days, usually that's when the symptoms start to appear. Now, what might some of those symptoms be? They could be stomach cramps, severe stomach cramps, diarrhea, as well as vomiting. Now, like mo- like a lot of viruses, most people recover within five to seven days, but some people progress on to contract another severe illness called hemolytic uremic syndrome or HUS. Now, this can be very life-threatening, even though a lot of people, when they do get the severe form, will recover in about a few weeks. So once again, let's be vigilant, ladies and gentlemen. I've told you the symptoms, particularly if you, from a very young age group, elderly, or anybody with a compromised immune system, you could be at risk for getting the E. coli uh, infection, which is not good. So please, if you have these symptoms, uh, you need to definitely check with your family doctor. Now, hey, on a lighter note, and this is in my realm of the world, as an oncologist, the American Cancer Society has noted that the rate of cancer death that's falling yet again. More than 2.3 million people have not, and I emphasize not, died of cancer since 1991 who otherwise would have had cancer rates that would have caused the death. And this is due to prevention, good preventive measures, as well as good treatment. Now, still, 4,700 Americans are diagnosed with cancer every day. Yeah, I said day, not week, not month. I said every day. And cancer remains the number two cause of death in the United States right behind uh, heart disease. Uh, so, again, one of the reasons they've noticed this decline in cancer deaths is because there's been a decline in consumption of cigarettes, which has been documented, and this is according to the American Cancer Society uh, President, Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Otis Brawley. So what we've noticed that since 1991 – the cancer death rate has fallen by 26%. And that's a lot of people. What does that translate into? Well, that translates into two, the 2.3 million people that I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago when introducing this topic. Now, what are the areas they've seen the major sites of, of, as far as improvement? Well, lung cancer, we're still talking about death now is down 45%. Breast cancer is down 39%. Prostate cancer is down 52%. Colorectal is down 52%. So I I tell people all the time, once they find out I'm an oncologist, a lot of people, particularly they don't know about the field, they say, oh, God, you know, you must really see. They think every patient that we see as oncologists, Nothing, I'm not saying that cancer is not a serious diagnosis. Nobody wants to have that diagnosis. But at the same time, it's not necessarily a death sentence. And this is the data that is reported by the American Cancer Society that helps keep the oncologists and people in my profession, as well as the survivors, hats off to the survivors um, who go ahead and undergo treatment and, and get through it and never quit. But also, we need to recognize prevention measures as well as getting good treatment. And we need to do what a lot of people in the healthcare industry have been recommending. Hey, stop smoking or at least try. We know it's not an easy thing to do, but it's something that uh, we know that helps. And based on this data, we know that it is very helpful. So now the next big thing that came out in the past couple of days was Viagra 
has now gone to the generic form. You know, everybody talks about it, everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people are familiar with what they call the little blue pill. You probably heard of it. It's used for erectile dysfunction in men, of course. It's pretty much a game of household names since it was approved in 1998, and it actually became a game changer, a game changer for a lot of men because prior to that, if a male was having an issue with erections, then they would have to get penile injections. And that, just the sound of it, wow, doesn't sound good. So now, not to say that Viagra hasn't been without its any is without its issues, but Pfizer, the company that manufactured it, has had the patent on it since then. So for those of you who don't know, when a drug company introduces a new drug, hey, because they've done the research because they spent the money on it, then they get to market that drug for a very long time. So if you think, so, so for example, Pfizer had this for 22 years. So, of course, the other drug companies have been fighting to get in uh, this game and produce the same drug that Pfizer had. So finally, Teva, T-E-V-A Pharmaceuticals, uh, they had to go to court and all that, but they finally got the judgment that would allow them to manufacture this. So they have not talked about the cost of this because, as some people may know, I know as a physician, I see men in my office, you know, they have erectile dysfunction, uh, uh, and and they they want to, you know, take Viagra. But for those of you who don't know, Viagra is very, very expensive. So this precludes a lot of men uh, from uh, even getting the drug, even though it is out there. So usually with generics, the price is usually less, a lot less expensive. So they haven't come out with how much, but I've read somewhere that there could be an 83%, 83% production, a reduction rather, in the price of the generic versus the brand name. Now, what does this term generic mean? Now, I, you know, I was a pharmacist before I became a physician, so I, I filled a lot of prescriptions. A lot of people come in. <laughs> Some people, they ask for the genetic, not the generic, the genetic. Okay, so let's let's clear this up. These are called generic drugs and not genetic drugs. But anyway, what is a generic drug? Now, according to the FDA, and a lot of people are saying this because a lot of people are leery about generic drugs. So what does that mean? Well, the FDA classifies a generic drug is a drug that works in the same way and provides identical benefits as a, as the brand name. So in fact, for those of you who don't know, before a drug can be classified as a generic, it, is, it, is, it goes through rigorous testing. You know, thank goodness for the FDA. And they have to pass a lot of standards in order to do this. Uh, so you can be assured that this drug is going to be the same as the brand name drug. Once again, the other good side of this is that reduction, hopefully, in the cost of the drug. Because you see the first drug company did all the research, so they don't have as much skin in the game as the drug that's doing the generic. So, therefore, they can sell it cheaper. And so, therefore, they theoretically or hopefully will pass this along to the consumer. Now, generic drugs will sometimes, a lot of times, look different than the brand name. So, if you're looking for the little blue pill, you know, I don't know what color Tiva's going to make the generic. It may not be blue. It may be pink, purple, or rainbow for all I know, but it's going to probably be different, okay? So it's going to probably have different packaging and all of that, but theoretically it's going to have the same active ingredient. So it kind of remains to be seen. So what are the benefits of generic Viagra? Number one, the cost is going to be low. It's going to allow a lot of men who have ED to, uh, to participate and take this drug and get some relief. With regard to this, it's going to have a different name. Chemical name is called Solendafil, uh, but it's, you know, it's going to be a generic name. And, and right now, the generic Viagra is already available in Europe. So, you know, <laughs> who knows? If you're going to travel to Europe, particularly in Germany and the U.K. or Italy, you might want to go ahead and pick up some uh, 
uh, before you come back to the U.S. Uh, but this drug should be out. Short. Now, speaking of erectile dysfunction, how do we deal with that? And we're going to have a whole other show on this. I'm going to have one of a specialist in this area come on. But while we're on the subject, if you're a woman and your partner is experiencing this, then what, what do you do? Well, here's a, here's a couple of tips. Number one, first of all, realize that millions and millions of men are affected by this disease. It happens with aging, but it also happens with, you know, this could be an early warning sign of diabetes. It could be an early warning sign of hypertension or some other medical problem. So when that happens, the first thing to do is go get checked out by your primary care physician. So you know, because a lot of times this is uh, related to something that is underlying. So Dr. Laura Berman, B-E-R-M-A-N, she's a sex educator and a relationship therapist, gave us a few recommendations. Number one, don't be afraid to talk to each other about this. Communication is the key. So what you need to do, according to her, is pick a non-sexual time and talk about it. Do your best to be open. Try not to be critical and realize that this, this could be a medical issue that is causing this. The second thing is to be supportive. Be patient. Be understanding. And reconfirm your feelings, whether it's love, like whatever it is, Reconfirm your interest in that person. Number three, experiment. Okay, I don't want to get too graphic here, but according to Dr. Berman, the other body parts that you can enjoy in this relationship—that's a whole other show. Uh, and what she's referring to is is sexual toys and that kind of thing. And I've already talked with some people about coming to the show. You know, we haven't talked about sexual dysfunction. And that can happen to men or women. We're going to be doing that uh, in 2018. So, uh, you know, this is the third recommendation by Dr. Berman. And the last one, hey, take it serious. There's no, it's not a joking matter. Uh, be with that person as they go down through this because that person probably feels he doesn't want to let you down. Now, check this out. Suppose you're a man experiencing erectile dysfunction. Well, one thing you should also you should realize is that to disclose your condition only when you're ready. There's no rule to tell someone uh, when they, when, you know, this happens or you think this is happening. You know, talk with your doctor. Uh, you know, do whatever it takes to make you feel comfortable before you disclose this, okay? But we do want you to have good communication. Uh, but kind of get into your mind yourself what is going on and some causes. That way you can have uh, a good dialogue with your partner about this. So this is something that, you know, affects a lot of people. It's something that we need to deal with uh, up front, and it's something that we need to become educated about. So right now we're going to go ahead and take our second commercial break. When we come back, we're going to tackle more health news. So Ladies and gentlemen, please stay tuned and be informed. Do you have a business, product, service, or an event coming up? Is your current marketing getting you nowhere? Survival Radio Network is an award-winning network with over 1 million downloads. We're offering high-exposure 30-second spots on our network, reaching diverse demographics both locally and nationwide. Give us a call at 323-977-8172 or visit our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us today. SRN, we do radio. Do you have tax issues, owe back taxes, or need tax relief? Contact L&B Tax Service today. L&B offers you over 15 years of expertise and first-class tax service for individuals, professionals, and business owners. With nationwide service, you can easily find a location near you. Contact one of our tax professionals through our website, lbtaxservice.com. That's www.lbtaxservice.com. L&B Tax Service Incorporated. Tax professionals that you can trust. 
Do you know that having a dirty filter in your heating and air system can cause major damage to your unit and pollute the air in your home? Having proper maintenance to your heating and air system is just like getting a tune-up on your car. Because you want today and avoid spending unnecessary money tomorrow. Call Temperature Design Heating and Air today. 770-823-7160. That's 770-823-7160. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. The S-R-N. Now, that might sound like 
you know, some bad numbers. But what happened, the company further investigated this. And guess what? Their response was, we are not surprised. Why? Because, number one, any birth control method is not 100%. For example, a lot of women are taking uh, oral contraceptives, IUD or whatever. But if you just check out the package. It's not 100%. So there are different scenarios that affect it. Uh, but, again, the major reason was that this app relies on the couple to have the discipline to avoid sex or use protection on specific days of the month. That's number one. Number two, taking temperature measurements every day. That can be tough for a number of people. And being able to accurately track the regularity of periods, which I guess a lot of women already do. But, you know, you got all these factors that involve, and therefore, for this to work, all these factors have to be recognized and taken in. So, but what this app is doing is really piggybacking on what some people already know, and that is having what they call fertility awareness, otherwise known as the calendar. And I haven't seen a lot of people that do that, or couples, but, you know, who knows? There might be. I'm not an OBGYN physician, but uh, some people base uh, their sexual activity, particularly when they're concerned about fertility, and that's whether to get pregnant or not, they do this by the calendar. And so, basically, this calendar data is now in this app form. So, for every 100 women using this app in a typical way, meaning that certain common slip-ups were accounted for, seven of them got pregnant. Uh, so, but however, this is a smaller number than the typical use of oral contraceptive. Uh, so, which out of 100 women for oral contraceptives, the data is nine women out of 100 would get pregnant while being on oral contraceptive. Now, Going the other way, this is lower than the traditional fertility-based awareness methods that has been used before. Now, the only thing that works better, this is based on data, is the use of injectable birth control or an IUD. That failure rate is like 0.2 to 0.8%. Less than one out of 100. So, you know, the IUD and injectable birth control have the, have the best rates with regard to preventing pregnancy, uh, but this calendar method is not far away. So uh, so the, the, the idea was this, and the take home of this is that if you're planning to use this app, if you're planning using the calendar method, then you need to be willing to be vigilant and disciplined with monitoring. Well, number one, you need to be comfortable with having a predictable sex schedule. A lot of people, you know, that that becomes unromantic to a lot of people at that point. You need to be vigilant about your regular periods and willing to check your temperature every day and be able to abstain when the app goes red and be able to not abstain when the app goes green. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I think the beauty of this, it gives people a lot more control uh, of their fertility and therefore uh, empowers the consumer. Now, moving on, again, we know it's the beginning of the year, and a lot of people are, are having fitness plans. And uh, they're doing a lot of things to control their weight, control their appetites. And you're going to hear, you probably already heard, of the popularity of detoxes and cleansings, cleansing preparations that's supposed to detox your body. So is it possible to detox your body naturally? The second question is, is it even necessary? So, Dietitian 
Lynn Greiger reported and did an article in a platform called Everyday Health. She tackled this issue. The initial result, in her opinion, was that detox or cleansing regimens remain popular, but they lack evidence that they actually work. Now, she went on to say that a lot of this is popular because, number one, they're being marketed quite frequently. Number two, it does make people feel better. Uh, But harking back to scientific data, there is no scientific data that these preparations actually work. Now, there are three types of detox and cleansing preparations. Number one, those that replace solid food with liquid sustenance, like juices, smoothies, and soups. Uh, And sometimes uh, they replace it with herbal supplements. Number two, those that claim to support your body's natural detoxification system by supplying nutrients that boosts liver and kidney function. Mind you, your liver and kidney are already supposed to be doing this. So uh, that's the second type. Number three, those that focus on cleansing your digestive system from the opposite end, and that is colon. So you probably heard a lot about colon cleansers, detox, detox regimens. But according to her, there is no scientific basis that these things actually work. She brought out the fact that your liver and your kidneys are already doing this. However, the big takeaway from this is the fact that, well, it's not a sin to try some of these, but be very careful with regard to uh, the product that you choose. So, number one, first, pick a reasonable time frame for your for your cleanse. Okay, so it's recommended that. You know, you hear a lot of cleanses, of, you know, going on a week, 10 days. She recommended no more than three days. Number two, make sure you are hydrating properly throughout this whole process. And number three, be aware of any plan that restricts major food groups or promotes a singular food. And it's a good idea to check with your doctor. I know we say this all the time, but a lot of people don't. Check with your doctor with regard to this before you start this type of regimen. And the basic thing we advise people to do is, hey, go natural. Incorporating fresh vegetables such as Brussels sprouts, broccoli, spinach in your diet has been proven to help your body run properly in getting rid of some of those waste products that these products are claiming to do. So in the nutshell, I would follow those directions. And I'm not coming out against any detox or cleansing regimen. I do think uh, with this coming from a licensed registered uh, dietitian nutritionist that we should t- do those three things with regard to keep it in mind, be aware of the sugar, uh, be aware of the, uh, the number of uh, days we do this, and uh, eat fresh vegetables. And lastly, but more importantly, make sure you check with your doctor. Now, on the vitamin tip, Continuing on, it was reported in Time Magazine that vitamin water is, as you know, a big marketing uh, product. And, you know, back in the old days, you know, water came in just one flavor, (laughs) plain. But we know that that has changed, and so entrepreneurs have discovered that, hey, look, well, they're thinking that if we can add vitamins, minerals, and electrolytes to these, then it's got to be healthier. Well, According to the Center for Science and the Public Interest, this is a consumer advocacy group, that's not necessarily the case. They came out with the statement that most of the claims are marketing ploys to sell water at a higher price, and they're not necessarily bringing the benefit that they propose. But that had stopped people from buying these type of products. In fact, the sales of bottled water in the United States has increased by 6% to well over, well over $15 billion. So the types of nutritional waters we talk about, like vitamin water, um, Propel, uh, I'm not coming out against any of these. But some of these I drink myself. Uh, I think uh, the rapper, actor, producer of 50 Cent had his own brand. Hell, I, I, I drank that too. So I'm not knocking them, but it's good to know sometimes 
uh, that, you know, consumer beware. So I think what has happened, this, of course, brought about court action because a lot of these people or companies were advertising things that could not necessarily they couldn't produce. So, for example, uh, you know, big companies were sued and they were kind of taking the task with regard to some of the statements that they were making with regard to this. And the other big thing was the fact that, and we've talked about this on the Weekly Wellness Show, we had uh, someone on, a pharmacist on, to talk about the benefits of alkaline water. Now, a lot of people, and as I stated on that show, they have a disagreement with, with it. Why? Because they also feel that the body, if, if it's functioning right, so to deliver in the kidney, regulates whether your body is alkaline or acidic. And so no matter how much you drink something that's alkaline, your body's going to regulate itself to get back to a normal pH. So there's a lot of debate about it. So the purpose of this is to say, hey, buyer beware. Just read the labels. That's the biggest thing. Watch for the added sugar that can, that can occur uh, in these uh, uh, vitamin-enriched so-called water. And just be smart about it. Just be smart about it. And, again, get most of your vitamins, not from water, but from natural foods. Now, moving on to another positive tip. I had Dr. Eddie Island on several months ago, not several, maybe a couple months ago, talking about organ donation. He is an organ transplant surgeon. And and he uh, was wanting to enlighten people more about the benefits of being an organ donor. Well, guess what? In 2017, the United Network for Organ Sharing documented the fact that it was a record year because it was the first year that over 10,000 people donated their organs. So that's a beautiful thing. It means that a lot of people are getting the message and helping out others. So nearly three. 35,000 organ transplant transplants were done in 2017. Now, that's a 3.4% increase over 2016. 18% of those were from living donors. People gave either a kidney or a part of their liver to someone. And But we still know that over 100,000 Americans to this day remain on waiting lists for organ transplants. So if you want to know more about that, please go back to our show with Dr. Eddie Island regarding the benefits of organ transplantation. So lastly, we got about two minutes left in the show. Hey, you know, guess what? We all know about New Year's resolutions and New Year's resolutions for uh, adults, but guess what? That's New Year's resolutions for children as well. The American Academy of Pediatrics came out a few weeks ago and recommended that parents set New Year's resolutions for children and teens. And I'm going to go through this very briefly. If you want more information, go to www.healthychildren.org. But they broke it down. Preschoolers, for example, encourage your children to do some basic things like brush their teeth, pick up their toys, wash their hands, clear the table when they're done, be kind to animals, be kind to other children, talk with a parent, or a trusted person if you feel scared about a certain situation. Now, moving on to kids, it's 5 to 12 years old. They recommended certain things such as drinking reduced fat milk, wearing a helmet when you ride your bicycle. You know, you start talking to people about wearing a seatbelt at an early age. And also, children under 13, they talked about more about having a better uh, diet. So these are some healthy things. I can't go through all of them, but go to www.healthychildren.org, that's O-R-G, for more information. Well, we're glad to have you. We're glad you're able to join us today on the Weekly Wellness Show. This will conclude another episode. Don't forget to come back next week. I'm going to have Lifestyle Coach and high-performance coach Dr. Tony Haley on to talk about our new book. So that's going to be very exciting. If you missed any part of this, don't forget to go and listen to the podcast on our Facebook page or the website. So take it out. It's a group of jazz artists collectively known as Ingroom. So until next week, be happy, be healthy, and be kind.
Ooh.